Levine. Some of you remember him from Pentecost 2017 at Greater Bethlehem Temple. Uh, some of you remember him from when he was here with us uh, in Kenwood. And uh, a powerful, powerful preacher of the gospel, evangel of fire. Uh, we brought him in today uh, because we believe and we know that the Lord is going to speak through him, work through him. The word of God is going to go forth. Chains are going to be broken today in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. I believe people are going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe it. I wonder if you could stand with me one more time. Put your hands together and receive our good friend, Brother Luke Levine. God bless you, sir. Take your liberty. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to be here at the Tree of Life Church this morning. And what an amazing atmosphere is in this place. I give honor to each of you for your worship and for your faith and for your anticipation and your prayer it is a good time to be a part of the kingdom of god in fact <laughs> i don't know i thank god for the fire in the book of acts that's already been referenced but i'm telling you we are living in a day where the fire is still falling and it's falling on a larger scale than it has ever fallen in human history and I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a part of the church in 2018. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Praise God. It's such a delight to be here with you. I give honor to your pastor, his wife, and his beautiful family, uh, friends of mine for some time, and I appreciate them very much. I don't know if I've ever told him this, but one of my favorite preachers uh, of my generation to hear, and so I give honor to Pastor Urshan, and uh, what a wonderful privilege you all have to enjoy his leadership and his ministry week in and week out. <clears throat> course I give honor to our missionary brother Parker good to hear from you sir good to meet you glad to be here with you and uh, Bishop Buller and Bishop Enos give honor to their leadership and their uh, leadership over the years but also even today it's just a great thing to be a part of the family of God I also give honor to my family. They're not able to be with me this weekend, but they are uh, very much a part of this ministry. And I give honor to my wife, Sister Amy Levine, who is back in St. Louis and home this morning in our home church. And uh, to my three children, Zion, Asher, and little Finley Grace. And uh, give them honor and, and just great, great to be here with you today. Directing your attention to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, and I'm going to begin reading with verse number 25. John chapter 20, and directing your attention to verse 25. I sense an expectation here today, and I, I feel that the expectation that I sense in the atmosphere is not even specifically about what God is wanting to do and what God is going to do today. But there is an anticipation that you can, you can sense in the atmosphere of this church for what is ahead of us, what is coming down the road, what is around the corner. 
And I, I, I just feel, I leaned over to pastor and I said, there is such a spirit of revival here right now, such a spirit of anticipation uh, and, and a spirit of expectancy. I'm, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost that, that and this is not just preacher rhetoric uh, or, or hype, but I tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost, that there are some things coming around the corner that you don't see. Uh, they are because they are greater than anything you could fathom or imagine. There are some things that God is about to deliver into this church's lap that, that are beyond anything you've Your expectation has been high. But last time I checked, we have a God who is able to exceed our expectation. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundant above. Somebody shout above. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get your faith right. Hmm. My God, my God, my God. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. If you are here this morning, whoo. I, I just I just could have listened to that praise team just keep going for a little while longer. How about you? I don't know. I, I just they, they got to singing and we got to worshiping and and boy, talking about the singing through the storm and the tough times and, and I'm still standing. You know, there's some you, you can sing any song you want to. But, but it, it means a little something different when you've been through some dark days in your life. It, it takes on a, an entirely different meaning and you see it from a different perspective when you've been through some turbulent days and some tough times. Uh, if you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth and have never had a dark day or, or a bad day or a bad habit or a bad attitude or a bad mistake, then, then that song probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you. But if you've been through some stuff... Uh, and you can stand in this place on a Sunday morning <laughs> and it be more than the words of a song, but you can make a declaration in the face of all of the onslaught of hell and say, I'm still standing. <laughs> Woo! My. I, I came I came in late last night. Flight was late and and the pilot said we've told the, the attendants to stay seated and buckled up the entire flight because we are going through some thunderstorms and it is going to be turbulent. Please keep your seat belts fast. That's always comforting to hear right before. And we're not even in a big plane. I mean, we're in one of those little 50-seaters, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be fun. And so we go through and there's lightning. You can see out the windows. At first I thought it was the lights of the plane flashing, but no, it was lightning. And we're just, we're just getting tossed all around and they said you you better stay buckled up and I looked up at the flight attendant's face and and she's up in front of me and she's strapped she's got this five-point harness deal in you know <laughs> I've got this little seat belt that looks like it was manufactured in 1964 you know and, and, and we're just bouncing around. And then they, they played this announcement a couple of times during the flight. Please remain seated and check the security of your seatbelt. We are flying through turbulence. Can I tell you, uh, the church's days are not always bright and sunny. The believer's days are not always bright and sunny. But if you're going through some turbulent times, uh, the best thing to do is just buckle on up. Uh, stay fastened in the church. Stay 
I thought to myself, you know what? This is like life. And I'm not going to get careless when life gets a little bumpy. But I'm going to buckle up in the church. I'm going to get in the middle of the flow on a Sunday morning. I'm going to lift my voice, lift my hands, and declare I'm still here. I'm still here. Woo! John chapter 20 and verse 25, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. We've seen him. We witnessed him. We know it to be true. But he, everybody say Thomas. He said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side I will not believe what a statement what a bold declaration the Bible says in verse 26 after eight days again his disciples were within and Thomas, everybody say Thomas. Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And the result of his response to Jesus' command was that he simply declared this. My Lord and my God. I want to preach to you this morning that you can see for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to take pastor or bishop's word for it. But if you want to know that Jesus is alive and well, <laughs> you can see for yourself. He's in this place. And he's waiting for somebody to reach and make contact with him. Come on, if you want to do that this morning, you ought to clap your hands uh, you ought to lift up a shout of praise. You ought to lift up a shout of anticipation and expectation. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're about to do in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus wants to make himself real to someone. If you've never been filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, you can receive it today. If you have never been baptized in Jesus' name, we have water. You can be baptized and leave here with the weight of sin off of your shoulders and free in the liberty of Christ's forgiveness. Here's what I want us to do one more time. I know you've been standing a while. I want you to lift your hands all across this place. Uh, and I want you to pray for a free flow of God's power and presence uh, to move through this sanctuary in the next few minutes of our time together. Would you lift up your hands and would you lift up your voice right now? Would you pray that someone would receive the gift of the Spirit? 
that someone would be renewed in the spirit would you pray that someone would be baptized in his name would you pray that someone would be renewed in their faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray a release of the flow of your spirit and let it not return void your word this morning but let it accomplish the task that it is set forth to do in Jesus name clap your hands one more time to the Lord Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. We praise your great name, oh God. We magnify you and we lift you up. There is no name like your name. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. And you can be seated in that name. The setting of our text is simply this, that we are on the heels of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He has been crucified in chapter 19. He has been buried. He has been brutally beaten, put in the grave. They have The disciples and some of those early believers and followers of Christ have witnessed all of these things take place. They have witnessed the brutality. They have witnessed the beating. They have witnessed this public execution and public shaming of their Lord and their Savior, Jesus Christ. He has been buried and now in chapter 20 he has risen from the grave just as he said He would. Aren't you thankful that he rose victorious this morning? He rose from the dead just as he said he would. And the disciples have gathered together. Some have witnessed him. Some have experienced him. They have known this word to be true that he said, you destroy this temple and in just three days I'm going to raise it back up. He said, you could put me in the tomb, but I'm not going to stay there for very long. And so they have had a firsthand experience with the resurrected Savior. And the setting of the text is, is very simply that they are gathered together, these disciples, these followers, these believers. And they are testifying to one another of their experience. I I get the picture, the image in my mind, Pastor, of of an old testimony service where they're just gathered together and just kind of sitting around and taking their turns saying, we have seen the Lord. He is alive just like he said he would rise again. He did, and he is well, and he is walking again. Another might say he's not in the tomb any longer, but Jesus is alive and well they are encouraging one another with their testimony of experience with the resurrected Savior and I imagine the excitement was in the air I imagine faith and emotions were both running high and as they sat around and and shared their their common 
experience. People from really different backgrounds and different walks of life and they had come from different places that Jesus had found them in different places and different professions. But what they had in common was that Jesus Christ had called them out of darkness and let them walk in his light and so uh, they had something in common that we too this morning many of us have in common from different professions and places and backgrounds and walks of life but we are together worshiping a resurrected savior today and what we have in common is an experience with Jesus Christ They are they're testifying of their experience. They're encouraging one another and, and admonishing one another that he is alive and he is well. The problem in the setting that they are in is not everyone has seen him. Not everyone has encountered him. There are many in the room that are believers there are several in the room that, that are saying yes and amen. There are several in the room that will nod their head or wave their hand and say, I believe that. I, 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 I receive that word because I, I'm a believer. I receive it. Maybe I've seen it for myself or maybe I just have enough faith to take your word for it. But I believe it. And they're admonishing, encouraging one another. And yet in that room, in that house of faith, if you will, in that building full of testimony, there sits a man by the name of Thomas. Thomas is in the room with them. Thomas is right in the middle of their testimony service. Thomas is right in the middle of that house of faith and that house of worship. Thomas is right there in their Midst. And, and, and oftentimes Thomas get, gets a bad rap, I think. Thomas gets a, a bad reputation that I would submit to you he probably doesn't deserve. Now I know that that blows up some of our Sunday school lessons. Uh, because we have a special name we've given him. What, what do we call him? On the count of three, what do we call him? I didn't count to three, but it works just the same. We call him Doubting Thomas. Doubt. Now, let's, just, let's just think about this for a minute. Let's think about it. He was not an outsider. He was one of the elite. He was one of the twelve. He was one of the hand-picked and chosen by Jesus. He, he, he was not some far distant figure of the New Testament. He was in the inner circle. But due to this one profession, this one instance, this one experience that we have in the text with him, we, we label him by his moment of weakness. I could preach about that for just a little while, but I don't really have time to. Let me just say this. I think it's a good thing to be a part of a church that doesn't brand you by your weaknesses and your shortcomings. 
I think you ought to be happy to be part of the church. I'm not a member of this church. I, I, I come here rather infrequently, but I know my friend well enough that I think I can speak for him in this regard and, and let you know that when you come to Tree Alive Church, uh, you're a part of a church. We're not going to label you uh, and brand the entirety of your life and legacy uh, based on your moments of weakness uh, or your short. We just kind of believe, like the scripture says, that such were some of you, but you have been washed and you have been justified. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that my life, at least I don't think my life is labeled by my weaknesses because I have them. I have them. Don't look at me like that. Y'all do too. Every one of you do. If you have a pulse, you have weakness. If you have a pulse, you have shortcomings. If there's breath in your body, you have bad days. But we label Thomas by his bad day. Now, now let's just analyze this just a minute a, a little further. Thomas, uh, one of the twelve, one of the elite, uh, and, and he's in this setting where everybody is saying, uh, we've seen him, we've witnessed him, he's alive and well. Jesus is walking, we, we encountered him. But the reality was, it wasn't that Thomas didn't believe in Jesus. It wasn't that Thomas didn't believe that that, there, that Jesus had power. It wasn't that he didn't believe that Jesus was, was God in the flesh. It, he just simply was saying to their testimony of experience, I, I have not experienced that for myself. Now, now you got to listen to that. you got to hear this this morning. They're saying we have seen him. He's alive and well. This Jesus business is real. This Holy Ghost is powerful. They're, they're, you just fill, fill in the blank with any testimony. They're saying, man, this, this is good. This is great. I, I've talked in tongues when the Spirit came. Jesus has healed me and saved me and delivered me. And they're just getting together testifying of their experience with the resurrected Lord. And the reality of all of this is... That Thomas, while he was a believer in Jesus, he had not shared their experience with Jesus. And I'll take that a step further. We beat Thomas up, call him Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas, Doubting Thomas. But what we are missing is the reality is Thomas is not much different than a lot of us. Don't look at me like that. All right, I, I won't confess for you. Let me confess for me, okay? I am a lot like Thomas sometimes. Oh, now everybody just lost faith. Dear Lord, what happened? We used to have faith-filled evangelists come to this church. I remember the day when we had faith-preaching evangelists. Now we got an evangelist that's saying he's like the new version of Doubting Thomas. Hey, I'm just going to tell you like it is, okay? I, I, I am at times a lot like Thomas. Because all Thomas did is he said, you know what? I, I, I'm glad you've got an experience with it. I'm glad you've experienced it for yourself. But Thomas's profession was really, I would submit to you, a, 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 a profession of his own honesty. I, I wouldn't call him doubting Thomas. I think we ought to relabel Thomas at Tree of Life Church. I think we ought to from now on call him honest Thomas 
I think we ought to take, doubt is so negative. I think we ought to not call him Doubting Thomas. I think we ought to call him Honest Thomas. Because the reality was Thomas uh, was honest enough uh, to be in a room full of people who had experienced uh, and believed uh, and he was honest enough with himself uh, and his fellow believers uh, to simply lift his hand and say, pardon me, uh, I I want to believe, uh, but that's not been my experience. Uh, I want to know for sure, but I have not seen him for me myself yet oh you better hear this preacher today Uh, there's nothing wrong with a little honesty in the house of God well I feel like preaching Uh, I said there's nothing wrong with a little honesty in the house of God we got too many Sunday morning sanctified folks I believe every word is true. Amen. Amen. Yes, pastor. Yes. Preach it, pastor. Sing it, praise team. Go ahead. I'll just say amen. And we get in the groove of worship. We get in the spirit of praise. And you might even say amen to the preacher. But your heart is full of doubt. Your spirit is full of uncertainty. And you put on the Sunday morning sanctified facade. But the reality is in your own spirit, there's a whole lot more of Thomas than you want to admit. I didn't come to offend anybody today, but I did come to help some people because your first step to faith is you got to be honest enough to admit that you're unsure. You've got to be honest enough to acknowledge that I want to believe, but I'm not sure if I really believe or not. Is this all right, my brother? Are we preaching okay? You, you got to be honest enough to say, you know what? I, I, I'm I thankful. He didn't slam their experience. He didn't say, y'all are a bunch of liars. He's not alive and well. He didn't do that. He didn't look at him and say, you guys have lost your mind believing in a Jesus like this. No, no. He just said, pardon me. As for me, I have not seen him. I I have not touched him like that. I have not experienced him like that. And so he said, until I can see for myself the print of the nails in his hand, and until I can place my hand in his side, I watch them stab him him in the side I watched them brutalize him and put the nails through his hands and through his feet and so he said until I can see it for myself until I see it for myself I will not. Now you got to understand the context that he said this in. He, you, you, I don't think we can overstate the trauma that those disciples had went through watching their leader literally tortured in front of their very eyes. They watched their beloved leader mocked and ridiculed and publicly shamed and crucified right before their very eyes. I don't think we can overstate the emotional trauma that that would have put in them. Are you with me? 
Are you with me? Now, now we have the benefit of reading the end of the story. We know that he rose again. We rejoice over it every Easter Sunday. We, we celebrate the resurrected Savior. That's why when I said it in my introductory remarks that aren't you thankful he rose again? Everybody said amen. Because we know the end of the story. It's one thing when you're a few thousand, a couple thousand years later looking back at the total story. It's another thing when you're walking through the story minute by minute. You got to grasp this today. And I'm preaching to some people right now that you are believers because you wouldn't be here if you weren't a believer. You have a level of faith in your heart or you wouldn't have wasted valuable time in your weekend just to show up to a church on a Sunday morning. You have some level of faith in your heart, but you don't know where your situation is ending at. You're in the middle of something that you can't see where it's going to be three days from now. 10 days from now, two months from now. And it's something to have faith when you look back and when it's finished. It's another thing to have faith when you're in the middle of the story and Thomas is in the middle of the tragedy and Thomas is in the... I'm preaching to people right now that the reason there are tears in your eyes while I'm preaching is because you're walking through the circumstance and you don't know when you're going to come out of it and you don't know how you're going to come through it. And so there is some uncertainty in your heart. There is some doubt in your heart. You hear this preacher? Thomas with him was, was with his closest friends and he said unless I can see it for myself I will not believe I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not preaching that if you've got doubt in your heart you ought to stand up and declare it right now in fact don't do that that would, that would really ruin the flow of my message right now Okay, don't do that hear me but if you've got doubt in your heart I'm not preaching that you need to stand up and declare it I'm not, I'm not, not going to call you out nobody's going to embarrass you but I'm telling you in your own mind and in your own spirit you need to get honest with yourself right now because if Jesus is going to be able to do what he wants to do in the next few minutes of this service it's got to start with you getting honest enough with yourself uh, to say I want to know but I'm not sure uh, I want to experience uh, but I haven't yet I've got to believe there was a desire in Thomas to know and to experience because he said unless I see it for myself I will not believe and then watch this eight days went by eight days Sometimes you live a little while in your doubt. Sometimes you got to live a little while in your uncertainty. Sometimes you don't know when your eight days is going to end. Sometimes you don't know when that ninth day is coming. Sometimes you, you don't know if it's going to be eight or 80 days or eight years, and you're just kind of walking through it. Thomas was not... A backslider. Thomas was not an evil man. What 
what, what are you saying? That? Why, why are you so emphatic? Uh, because I'm telling you what the enemy has done to some of you uh, is exactly what we've done to Thomas. Uh, he has badgered you. Uh, he has beat you up for your lack of faith. Uh, he has beat you up for your lack of experience. Uh, he said, well, he doesn't love you as much as he loves her. And he doesn't love you as much as he loves him. And it just must not be for you. And he has badgered you and beat you down. But you hear me. You are not a backslider. You are not a lost cause. God has not given up on you. The church has not given The church has not given up on you. You know how I know that? Because after eight days, they got together again. And guess who was right in the middle of their worship service? Thomas was with them. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the church didn't kick him out. You know what that tells me? That he didn't throw his hands up and walk away. You know what that tells me? That he just kept showing up. That indicates to me that there must have been some desire in his spirit to experience the resurrected Savior. And I'm preaching to some people here this morning right now that there is a desire in your heart to have God and all of his blessings in your life. There is a desire in your spirit to know him in his fullness. There is a desire within you to be filled to overflowing with the power of his spirit and to receive the victory that only comes through Jesus. And that's why you're here. Because if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be here anymore. I'm preaching to people right now. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm talking to people right now that you could have walked away a long time ago. I'm preaching to some people right now. You could have given up and thrown your hands up a long time ago. I'm telling you the church didn't kick Thomas out. And Thomas didn't throw his hands up and say, I'm out. I'm gone. So you know what? I've got some kudos to give to Thomas this morning. Good job, Thomas. Good job. I'm glad Thomas just kept showing up. I'm glad that in the middle of his doubt, he just kept showing up. Because after eight days, it said they were gathered together again. And Thomas was with them. So I want to give a shout out this morning to every Thomas in the building. I'm glad you're here. You just keep on showing up. You don't have to get it like I got it to come to Tree of Life. You just keep on coming. You just keep on showing up. You just keep on showing out. Hey, you don't have to know Jesus. You don't have to know Jesus like pastor knows Jesus to show up at this church. You just keep showing up and one day you're going to meet him. You just keep coming and one day you're going to know. You just keep... (laughs) 
I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been discouraged and you thought about finding another church because you prayed and God hadn't answered your prayer. You prayed and God hadn't filled you with that same spirit that everybody else is talking in tongues about yet. And you're discouraged and you're beat down. But if God didn't send me here for anything else this morning, he sent me here to tell somebody, just keep showing up. Just keep coming. Just keep being in the house. My, 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 somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to clap your hands and you ought to lift up a shout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And after eight days, eight days, then came Jesus, the doors being shut. You got to understand, they were, they were shut up. They were locked up. Uh, they were boarded in the room uh, because they thought the authorities may be coming after them. Uh, the authorities may falsely accuse them uh, of taking the body of Jesus uh, after eight days. Uh, they're locked up in the room. Uh, the doors and windows are shut up. Uh, and then came Jesus, the doors being shut. You, you can be seated. You can be standing. I'm going to preach a few more minutes if that's okay. Is that all right? Uh, so you, you, you just get however you're comfortable, all right? Then came Jesus, the doors being shut. Now watch this. Sometimes we over-spiritualize things. Let's just analyze this a minute, okay? Let's just break this down. If I'm locked up in my room and I think somebody's coming after me and I got the doors and the windows shut and, and, and I don't know if he walked through the window or walked through the door or whatever, but I think it gives good context to why the first thing Jesus said was, Peace be unto you. Because <laughs> if my house is locked up and my room's locked up and I've heard a bump in the night and I think somebody might be out to get me, buddy, I'm going to tell you, it's not real spiritual at all. I'm going to need some peace right about then if you come walking in my room. Jesus says, Peace. You know, one of the greatest revelations you can have in Scripture is that these people were not much different than you. And I'm telling you, times and culture have changed, but the human spirit has not changed, and human struggle has not changed, and difficulties and dark nights, the essence of those things have not changed. And so he says, peace be unto you. He speaks to the room. Watch this. He speaks to the room. And one of the most powerful things in this passage to me is that in the middle of this, he speaks to the room and says, peace be unto you. And I prayed, I'll tell you, I I prayed earlier today that there would be a peace come into this room right now. I prayed that there would be a peace that would fall on every weary and worried heart and spirit. Peace be unto you. He speaks peace and I feel that peace right now. And then, then he turns to Thomas. I mean, it's so easy to overlook that, just that little piece right there. Jesus was not put off by Thomas. Jesus was not 
turned away by Thomas. Tom, Thomas said, unless I can see it for myself, I will not believe. Can I tell you, Jesus is not intimidated by your uncertainty. Jesus is not intimidated by your doubt. Jesus is not intimidated by your unbelief. But Jesus comes into the room. Now, I don't know what you think about it, but if I would have been Jesus, I might have. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. That's the only way I know to preach, okay? I'm, I'm being, if I would have come in the room, I might not have went to Thomas first. I might have went to one of those faith-filled believers that had been faithful for all those years and even through the even through the struggle that said yep I believe I haven't seen it but but he testified that he saw it and so I'm going to take his testimony I probably would have went to one of those believers and I would have said to him good job way to have faith thank you for your faith thank you for your faithfulness I would have I would have probably went to him and encouraged and built his faith first but that's not what Jesus did Jesus walks in the room and it became immediately evident that his whole purpose for being there, the primary purpose for being there was not to encourage the faith-filled and faithful, but his primary purpose for showing up in that room was to reach to a Thomas and say, Thomas, I've come for you. And so he shows up in the room and he looks for Thomas first. Can I tell you the presence of God Almighty is in this sanctuary this morning? And I'll tell you who he's come for. He has not come alone for the faithful and the faith-filled. But Jesus is in this house for a Thomas. Jesus has come to this place for someone with doubt. For someone with uncertainty in your life. Someone who's not sure someone who doesn't know. I want you to lift your hands right now. I'm almost done, but I want you to lift your hands right now, and I want you to lift your voice all across this room, and I want you just to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming for me. Thank you, Lord, for walking into this place today. Thank you, Lord, for reaching to me with your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for showing up at the Tree of Life Church today. I thank you. I thank you that you're here. I feel your power today. Oh, hatalabos. I'm preaching to somebody you may have been in doubt for a long time you may have been sitting in uncertainty in this church for a long time but Jesus loves you enough to send a preacher on an airplane to come reach for you today I don't know how many I'm reaching for but I know it's more than a couple I'm reaching for some people that you are believers because you are here but you have been in uncertainty you have been in doubt you have been in fear. There's been things that are holding you back. There are things that have limited your experience and yet Jesus is in this place and he's reaching for you with his word and he's reaching for you with his spirit. And he says to Thomas he says to Thomas he finds Thomas he says Thomas after he, he greets everybody he looks at Thomas. Would you help me, brother? Come here. 
I don't know what your name is, but you're Thomas. You're Thomas, that's it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. There's a whole bunch of you here today. Hallelujah. There's a whole bunch of you here today. He comes into the room and he turns to Thomas. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. He turns to Thomas with love. He doesn't turn to Thomas with judgment. He doesn't turn to Thomas and smack him upside the head and and say, how dare you not believe me? How foolish of you to not have faith in me. You should have known you walked. He didn't lecture him. He didn't smack him around and say, now you're going to have a lower place in the kingdom because of that, buddy. No, no, no. No, no, no. And neither should we. I said, and neither should we. Oh, just hang right here, Thomas, uh, because God is going to bring some Thomases back. Uh, I prophesy right now. Uh, there are Thomases that have showed up, uh, and there are Thomases that have walked away. Uh, there are Thomases that have strayed and wandered, uh, and they're not here. Uh, but when Thomas shows up, uh, we're not going to greet him with judgment. Uh, we're not going to greet him with a lecture. We're going to say, Thomas, uh, we're glad you're here. And Jesus has come for you if you believe that you ought to shout unto God with a voice of victory and a voice of triumph and a voice of revival As Thomas, he doesn't even come to Thomas. He doesn't condemn him, Bishop Enos. But he doesn't come to Thomas. He doesn't put him in a holy headlock and say, you know what, you're going to believe or else. I called you. You're not backing out of this. I've got you, and you're not getting away. No, no, no. I better quit. I'm pretty sure he could take me. Hey, he doesn't do that. And you know what? Tree of life is a safe place. You know why? Because Jesus didn't do that, and we're not going to do that. You, you know what? We're not going to, when Thomas shows up, we're not going to grab him and say, Get up here, Thomas. Uh, you need to repent, you dirty, rotten sinner. Come on. Thomas, you've made so many mistakes. Uh, come on, Thomas. You, how dare you get up here and repent? You know what he did? Watch this. If you miss this, you miss the message. Come up here, Thomas, so everybody can see. You know what he does? He shows up. He says, Thomas, I'm here for you. <laughs> and all he does, you see, Jesus is a gentleman. He's never going to force himself on you. He's never going to make you believe. 
You hear me? If you're waiting for Jesus to slap you upside the head and shoot you with a bolt of lightning, you better watch what you pray for. But if you're waiting for that, you're going to be waiting a lifetime most likely because that's not how Jesus operates. He is a God of gentleness and love and mercy. And so he speaks to Thomas, not in judgment, but in mercy. And you know what he does? He simply provides Thomas with an opportunity to reach. Do you realize... Do you realize that there are people in this city right now that are so far from God they can't feel an ounce of God? They've been turned over perhaps even in their mind and they would do anything to have an opportunity like we have today. Just an opportunity to reach. There are people praying prayers in this city that are saying, God, if I could just feel you, if I could just sense you, I want you back. I'm telling you, we feel him in this place. He is real. He is here right now. And all he does is he gives us an opportunity. That's what church is. That's what Sunday morning is. It's not so we can see how good you look in your Sunday best. It's not so you can do your little Jesus juke to the music. It's so we can reach and touch him. It's so that I can make contact with my creator. And so he says, the musicians come, I'm finished. He says, Thomas, if you want to believe, if you want to believe, he says, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. In other words, Thomas, if you're going to believe, you have to move. You have to respond. You have to do something. You can't sit silently in a church chair with your hands folded and your spirit closed and expect God to miraculously transform your doubt to faith. It doesn't happen that way. But what he does is he shows up. He already took the first, well, if God would come, he already took the first step. He's in this place. His spirit is so thick and rich in this place. He's in this place. He already took the first step. And now he says, Thomas, if you want to leave here with faith, if you want to leave here transformed, reach hither thy hand and thrust it. Reach thy finger. Thomas, if you want to believe, you've got to be willing to reach. Thomas, you've got to reach. You've got to reach. You've got to reach. He says, Thomas, Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands he says Thomas reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side Jesus uses three words that are action words he says reach and behold reach and thrust it into my side in other words Thomas if you want to believe you now is your time to act now is your time to respond and I'm preaching thank you to every Thomas in this room right now 
and I'm declaring to you, I'm declaring to you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and in the fear of God that this is your moment to reach. You hear me? This is your moment to reach. I pledge to you, nobody's going to look down on you. Nobody's going to talk bad about you. Well, they should have had faith. No, 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 no. Nobody's going to say, well, they should have known. You know what they're going to say? They're going to say, thank you, Thomas, for responding to the call of the Master. Because if you will respond to Him, I'm preaching to some of you. I could pick some of you out right now in every single section of seats. The Holy Ghost has put your face in my mind as I've been preaching this morning. I'm telling you you're in every section and if you'll be willing to reach the response to the Spirit is reaching and the result of your response is faith as Thomas declares my Lord and my God oh I wonder right now, come on, I wonder if somebody would just lift up their voice to him. I wonder if there's a Thomas that wants to come down here right now. I didn't plan to do this. I normally never do this. But I feel in the Holy Ghost right now that if somebody who's battling with doubt and uncertainty, come on, don't let anybody's opinion keep you in your seat. I'm asking the church just to lift your voice and begin to give God praise right now. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Come on, Thomas, you know who you are. You know who you are. I could pick you out. I could pick you out. Come on right now. If you want to be a believer today, step down to this front. Come on, step down to this front. Come on, Thomas. Come on, Thomas. Come on, just step right down in this front. Just step right down in this front. Hear me. He's here. His presence is here right now. I'm going to give you more time to come. They're still coming. Come on. It doesn't mean your life's a wreck. It doesn't mean you're lost. It doesn't mean you're a mess. It just means you need a refresher in your faith. It just means you need some renewed faith this morning. Come on. Step out of where you're at. If you're struggling with doubt, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Come on. Step as close as you can. Get as close as you can. Some of you are in your seats right now. Well, I can't get there. The altar's already full. Get in the aisle. If all you can do is just get in the aisle right now. Just get in the aisle. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Come on. Just get as close as you can. Just get as close as you can. Just get as close as you can. Come on. My, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Ah. Let me tell you what Jesus did for Thomas. Let me tell you what Jesus did for Thomas. He did a work in Thomas's heart that would forever alter the trajectory of his life. And that's exactly what Jesus wants to do right here and right now. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I'm going to ask everybody to pray with me. I'm going to lead you through a very simple prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. And the reason for this prayer is simply this, is that Scripture lets us know we come to God in repentance. We come to God through repentance, that God commands all men everywhere to repent. Your first step to faith is to repent of anything you've done that would be holding you back. And so right now, 
we're going to pray a prayer that just simply says, God, I'm sorry for anything in my life that I've done, any decisions I've made that have caused pain and suffering. And I ask you to forgive me. And when we finish praying that prayer of repentance, I'm going to give you some further instructions. But right now, I want you to bow your heads all across this room. I want you to close your eyes. I'm asking that every believer that's still in their seats, uh, if you'd get as close as you can or at least stretch your hands forward to these that are here. And would you pray a prayer of repentance with us? Come on. Right now, I want you to lift up your voice. If you don't know what words exactly to say, you're welcome to repeat after me. But let it come from your heart. Let it come from your spirit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. God, if there is anything in my heart that is displeasing to you, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me. I ask you to wash me. God, I want your presence and I want your power to fill my heart. God, I want faith to fill my life again. And so I ask that you would cleanse me of anything in my life that is displeasing to you. I ask that you would cleanse me of anything in my heart that separates me from your presence. Wash me. Cleanse me purify me I ask this in Jesus name and I thank you for hearing my prayer I thank you for your prayer oh I thank you for hearing my prayer I feel the Holy Ghost here right now church now here's what I want you to do listen to me very carefully it's God's will that every single person in this room be filled to overflowing with the peace and the joy of the Holy Ghost. And so what that is going to look like is that in just a minute, we're going to simply lift our hands and we're going to lift our voices and just begin to give God praise and thanksgiving. And as you begin to worship and praise Him, there's going to be a power of His presence come on you. It's going to be something to a level some of you have never felt before. Listen to me carefully. When that happens, it's going to get hard to speak English because the scripture says when you're filled with the spirit you're going to begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gives you the utterance now I know for probably 95% of you here this morning that's already happened you're already a tongue talker you already know because it's happened for you but I'm preaching for you to be renewed today I said I'm preaching for you to be renewed today and I'm preaching for Everett Thomas that's in this room I'm preaching for Everett Thomas that is unsure Every Thomas that is uncertain. So what I want you to do is I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your voice in just a moment. And we're going to begin to give God thanks with your mouth. Now the music team is going to begin to sing and play in just a moment. But don't let that distract you. I want you to focus your mind on Jesus. That's it. Just focus your mind on Jesus. And just begin to worship Him by saying, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. You don't have to shout. We don't have to shout today. It's going to be a slow building crescendo of praise and worship. Uh, Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, lift up your voice. Just let it flow. I love you, Jesus. Uh, Come on, a little bit louder, a little bit louder. Let your worship flow right now. 
Come on, help us all the way in the back. Uh, let your worship begin to rise right now. Uh, let your worship begin to rise. I love you, Jesus. That's it. Out loud, out loud, out loud. Lift up your voice. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh in this place. Uh, come on, lift up your voice. Come on, that's it. That's the Holy Ghost that you're feeling right now. That's the Holy Ghost that you're feeling right now. Forget about what it sounds like. Just let that worship flow. Uh, let that worship flow. Uh, let that worship flow in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it right there. Uh, right now, right now, right now. Uh, receive it in Jesus' name. Uh, be refilled in Jesus' name. Uh, be filled to overflowing uh, in Jesus' name. Uh, in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it. Reach, reach until you receive. Reach until you receive. Reach until you receive. Yes, reach until you receive. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow, let it flow. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost.
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. We're going to baptize Kayla Sharf in the wonderful name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Kayla is about to walk up out of this baptismal pool filled with the Holy Ghost here in just one minute because it's God's promise to her and to all that believe hallelujah pray with me right now father in the name of Jesus we thank you for our dear sister we thank you Lord God for your calling upon her life father thank you father for her faith decision father to repent of her sins father her faith decision to be baptized in thy name, Father, for the remissions of her sins, Father, and her faith promise, Lord God, to receive of your spirit. We pray your blessings upon Kayla right now, Father, for as she rises out of this water, Father, to walk in the newness of life, we ask your blessings now upon her. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Kayla Scharf, because you have repented of your sins upon the confession of your faith and the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and the promise of the gospel, we do now. I do now baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost.